will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, Leslie, what are we talking about? The Loki finale. (laughs) (laughs) The Loki finale that I think, well, I don't think, I I pretty much know we're not in the minority, but it seems like there's kind of been a vocal majority that are complaining about it for some reason or have complained about the series, but we both really liked it. Yeah, I thought Loki was great. Yes, I. Uh, you said it last week. Uh, you know, when kind of ranking the the shows, like Loki number one, WandaVision two, Falcon Winter Soldier three, and it, I I stand by that too because I think that this was one of those shows, uh, and especially this episode in of itself, that like really elevated it amongst the rest like WandaVision and and Falcon and Winter Soldier, it, it just did a lot of things right for me. Oh yeah. And this is an episode where I felt like I mean, if if phase four is kind of going in the direction we all think it's going, I don't know how you can watch anything in phase four and not have watched at lit minimum this episode of Loki. Well and uh before we really dive into it, just spoilers <laughs> because uh, we definitely have to talk about that character. And oh, yes. uh, so if you have not watched the finale, what are you doing? Get off the couch and then get on Go the couch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yes, the, it's it is one of those things where it feels very pivotal to phase oh, yeah. four. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, we were talking about it before recording. There are some critics of this show, and we've talked about it in episodes past, that I just don't see their complaints. 
uh, about this show. Yeah. And, and they had complaints about this specific episode. A lot of people saying that this ruins the MCU, that this is uh, wiping out all the goodwill that they've created over the past 10 years and all doom and gloom. Nothing good's <laughs> ever happening again from the MCU. Um, I, I frankly, I don't see it. Call me a Disney mark, which I'm really not a Disney mark. Call me a Marvel mark. I'm not really a Marvel mark. Call me an MCU mark. I might be, but that's just because they've been able to really do the comic book format for, for film really well. Yeah. And I, I I just this show, honestly, it's directly even tied with WandaVision because of the events of this show are kind of what causes the end credit scene for WandaVision. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, we were talking about, uh, before we started recording, uh, whether we were going to go in step by step, but there's much like, but this past like three episodes, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to just go, oh yes, this happens. And then that happens. And that was cool. But yeah, this is just talk about everything in just chunks, you know? Yes. Yes. And uh, I did like the the I saw a meme and it's actually very, very accurate because I kind of felt the same way. Uh, the moment when Loki became a horror show and then it was the Miss Minutes. <laughs> Hi, y'all in the yeah. in the <laughs> Chronopolis castle. And it's kind of like, yeah, because she was really creepy in, in that sequence. She was super creepy in that sequence. Like it obviously She's programmed by He Who Remains, yep. I think. But the fact that this, well, I'm because I'm thinking about different pieces of it, but like we said, right. we're not going to go in order. I'm just going to jump in. When she goes back to Ravana and is telling her he's he thinks you'll find these files more, in, you know, interesting or whatever, more helpful, and Ravana says who, that's the only point when I believe that Ravana doesn't know who was in control. Because like yes. I said, like last week when, when she was acting, I didn't really get, I got too much of a smug arrogance off her that I didn't believe that she didn't know what's going on. This kind, this, this episode, this time, I feel like she knew like a little bit, maybe she knew like 25% or she knew that they were all variants and that's why she had that pin, but yeah. she didn't know the rest of it. You know, like I feel like she knew something but not all of it. And this that scene kind of solidified it for me that she didn't know everything. Well, also, not only that, it's someone who's so dedicated to the Time Variance Authority and to the timekeepers, you know, or he who remains, um, that she cannot take it upon herself to come to the conclusion that Mobius comes to, that free, we need free will back. And... Yeah. She, you know, says it can't all be for nothing. So the and, and we talked about this again, but like a little bit before recording, kind of one of the disappointing moments from this is she goes through, you know, the the temp pad or through the door and that's all we see her for the rest of the episode. And so thank God, thank goodness that there's a season two, because things yeah. that I do have kind of complaints about um, and it also thankfully proves that we weren't lying and calling that there was going to be a season two um because i would have felt really bad about that but like it at least can be addressed yeah. um like one of my other uh complaints I, I know i told you about uh and it's only a mild complaint is that 
this doesn't do enough to explain Sylvie's background, like more about her character, because we've only been really given a snippet of her childhood mm-hmm. and where she is now. And that kind of um, Jaws mentality of going after uh, the timekeepers. And yeah. but since there's a season two, that at least gives the potential for them to explore those things that I want more explored, which was kind of our complaints again, going back to Falcon and winter soldier. So if, again, if you're thinking we're being overly positive about Loki and that it's just, Oh, we're just, you know, glitz, you know, (laughs) glitz and glamor in our eyes. And we don't know how to point out flaws. Go back and listen to our Falcon and winter soldier reviews. Cause we were very critical of that show. And a lot of those reasons of, well, if you're setting this up, and you're not doing a season two or um, if you don't announce a season two, we can't expect those answers to come in a film, few, you right. know, way down the road. Whereas this does a good job of walking that balance of going, OK, here's things we're setting up for a season two of Loki. And then here's what's impacting the MCU. Yeah, they did a really good job there, I feel like, of of keeping that that balance going, because, yeah, I would have liked to have more about Sylvie in the episode. Well, this episode, I'm thinking of it pretty much the entirety of it in like one six hour episode, but I would have liked to have a little more about her, but I think we got enough and enough for the story, this piece of the story that we got. Right. So I'm not like hugely disappointed or, you know, maybe if I, if they weren't doing a season two, I might be a little more disappointed. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, but I feel like because we we pretty much knew that there was going to be season two, I'm I'm okay with it. So right, it, it's it's just like it's it's just one of those things that without that knowledge of of whether or not there would have been another season, it, it would have just been more disappointing because um, there are are other things going on with her, which we, we will go ahead and talk about, and maybe I guess it's more speculation about who she really is. And yeah. I, I use it as a counter argument. Cause again, some of the, the really harsh critics of the show are like, well, L- Loki falling in love with himself. That's really weird. Well, first off, you're talking about one of the most narcissistic gods <laughs> ever. Right? Why wouldn't they fall in love with, and you know, a female version of themselves, let alone maybe another male version of themselves. Like it's part of Loki's character is that he can't love anyone else but himself. And that's, even though she may be a Loki variant, she's different enough from him, but there are those characteristics and qualities about her. That is what enamors him, her to him so much. Um, I, and I also have one minor correction from last week's episode. I thought I was seeing the Bifrost in the background, but it's revealed oh, yeah. in this episode, it's the timeline. Yeah. Um, which I have, is very cool. Like, I'm not upset I didn't see the Bifrost or anything. <laughs> um, it makes more sense, actually. But let's let's speculate a little bit more about Sylvie's characters. So um, I did tell you about it. And as far as we know, this is only going off of what I have researched on my own and lore within the comics. They may not go this exact route and this is just could be completely wrong, but she's not really Loki. She's Enchantress. Yeah. And, and more specifically, she's like Enchantress version two. She's not the original version of Enchantress. Um, because going to the comics lore, there's a character named Sylvie. I, I don't know if, you know, last name kind of escapes my mind, but she is given powers um, upon Loki's death from Loki. 
which gives her the powers to enchant. So whether or not that's the route they're going to take, I'm I'm going to be interested to see if that's where it goes. Yes. And that also, like when we were talking about it, begs the question. So because she gets powers from Loki, does that make her a Loki variant, but she's not Loki as he is person variant, like classic Loki, like boastful Loki, like crocodile Loki. Exactly. Like, so she's sort of Loki, but not. Right. So like, like maybe, maybe the Nexus event, like the reason why the time variance comes after her is that something happened to that Loki and Loki passed on powers to her being maybe just an Asgardian child Odin taking her in as just being kind of a successor to Loki. And that is what is her nexus event. Cause we don't really have that revealed, right? We just see right. her on Asgard. Well, so, and I thought too, sorry to cut you off. No, but you're I fine. thought too, it might even just be that the TVA showed up at a point before she could get the powers. Like that might've just been her in her own home, you know, playing and, and whatever, you know, when we, the, the piece that we saw right. and they might've just been cutting it off before she could, before Loki could die and she could ever get um, powers from him to begin with. to like right. just nip it in the bud. Right. So, you know, those are, those are potential routes that the story could go with uh, when it comes back for a season two. And that's what I, I would really like to see. I also have one other criticism for all these people who are going like, Loki's falling in love with himself. So if you shipped Jamie and Cersei in Game of Thrones, <laughs> you have no place to stand, no 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 shade that you can throw, no rocks in your glass house, you know, to complain yeah. about somebody falling in love with themselves. And that's just all I have to say, you and your glass houses with your rocks. <laughs> Although to be fair, I don't I don't know personally anyone who who has officially shipped the two like that weren't just completely like, oh, that's kind of gross in that whole relationship altogether. (laughs) But I I agree there. There are like, again, a a lot of criticisms about the show that I think are unwarranted and again are built in within kind of the counterculture right now and and not to like get involved in politics in this in this discussion. But like, I, I feel like that's what's driving a lot of people's uh criticisms is that well because they're uh, disney marvel the actors everybody involved is mostly liberal the writers are liberal blah 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 they're they're pushing in a lot of propaganda and forced diversity and stuff like that which i would agree with was some of the problem with falcon and winter soldier where they didn't know to really distance themselves from the politics of the real world versus the politics within the MCU. Yeah. But Loki has never felt like it was pushing there. You know, yeah, people were making a big deal about femme Loki. People were making a big deal about him being bisexual. Um, it's, you know, they, me, that stuff is where the, it's kind of like we talked about, I think at some point about Captain Marvel, where the outside stuff is affecting your yeah, ability yeah. to view and enjoy basically the in-universe stuff, which is the actual show itself. Because I feel like, I again, like we've said, I don't care about any of their sexualities and what relationships they're going to have. That's great. Just give me a good story. That's fine. But I feel like 
some people were so starved for it to happen that when they got it, they kind of blew it out of proportion. And then that blown out of proportion reaction kind of blew out the other side's reaction of like, they don't want this at all. And blah, you know, and, and it's just kind of like two people on the different side of the fence, like screaming at each other, like getting crazy and ridiculous. Well, like the rest of us are just kind of like, can we just watch stuck the in the middle? Yeah. yeah. And like, and like what we got, like while people are shouting over, over us, right. because I don't know, like I said before, like maybe give it five or six years and it might have a completely different read on Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know, but right now it was too much. Yeah, so I it was like, too close to home too. Yeah, with what was being said. So I feel like some of the stuff of these I call them shock jocks, or I don't know what else to. All the, uh, the strictly it's, negative it's about about what it is. Yeah, pretty much is the shock jocks is that it, they have to be negative, and their response of negativity has to be overwhelmingly negative, so it can be like in your face and da da, and we gotta right. get your attention, and this is da 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 blah, 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 and create this huge echo chamber of people who all think and feel and everything all the same as you, when it's like. Can we just enjoy the show? <laughs> well, and 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 to be fair, the kind of the person we're referencing also did what I is in my opinion a disservice in their review of Wandavision uh, because of misunderstanding their representation of grief. Because again, it was that going back to that thing of uh, Hayward uh, being or Hayward or Haywood, uh, can't remember um, which, but yeah, the, ba the bad guy basically yeah. in WandaVision who everyone's like, actually he was the good guy because he wanted to stop her. But when you go back and you rewatch WandaVision, he's the reason that all happens because <laughs> right. he deliberately flaunts the dissected body of vision in front of her mm -hmm. and puts her already through a worse state in of it that's already there. And so she escapes into this realm and yes, she hurts people. But what do we typically do when we're going through grief? We hurt lash people. Out. Yeah. You lash out. You hurt people whether you intend to or not. And the fact that she could have still kept that illusion going on and gave it up, like because they're misrepresenting, uh, I believe, Monica's words about no one will know what you what you sacrificed. Uh, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, her selfishness, blah, 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 hurting, killing people. That's not that wasn't the point of it. It was that yeah. she could have gone the full evil woman, evil witch route and right. continued to drain the life uh, forces of these people, kept them trapped in that world. And she gave it all up to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that meant saying goodbye to Vision. It meant saying goodbye to her kids. And now she may be in a more unstable place for whatever happens with Doctor Strange, too, which is like. Right now, the one movie I want to see so bad. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you're misrepresenting it. And, and yeah, I feel well, like they're misrepresenting Loki as well. I feel like another example, just to give if anybody needs a different reframing for that. Think about um, Superman and the Black Mercy plant, you know, like oh, yeah. in terms of what Monica's saying. You don't realize what he had to give up to leave that you know fantasy of whichever right. i'm thinking of the cartoon where he had like a family and a son and and you know all that and he had to give them up to come out of it to fight um what's his face the yellow guy i don't remember the cartoon. Oh, uh, uh, mongol yeah so he had to he, he, that's what he had to give up so that's what yeah. monaco's saying you're in this fake place that's perfect it has everything that you want you know and you had to give that up she's not talking about like you said all this other stuff it's 
she's talking about you giving up, like you said, vision and her kids. So it's like right. reframe it like that. Like Superman didn't hurt anybody, but look what he had to give up to get out of that fantasy land. That's what kind of what Monica's talking about. And they, and to use also another kind of um, reference is like the, the episode of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she is, and it, and it, the episode ends very ambiguous as well, where she's, uh, I can't remember what causes it, but she's kind of in a split reality where, the, the world she's been living in through the show is actually have been her uh, being trapped in an insane asylum and having okay. these delusions and then making the choice of whether or not she was going to stay in that delusional world or actually be in the real world. And she chooses the quote unquote delusional world of fighting vampires. And the way that that episode ends is actually seeing Buffy in the Institute, like dying and whether or not knowing whether that was real or not, you know, you're, that, yeah. that they blurred that line. And that's that's kind of the whole point of that show. And and Loki is very similar where it's a lot of the criticism they're they're going they Everyone wants to frame Loki as Loki from Endgame or yeah, not I, even Endgame, Infinity War. Well, they know? want they want Loki to fit their perfect version of who and what he is. Yes. Like, I think. Also, too, because there's a bit of a, a villain vacuum sort of in the MCU of not having a really good villain besides, like, Thanos, really. Yeah. You know, of, like, having that really good... I mean, you don't have a Batman and a Joker, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's kind of what we're missing in the MCU, and the MCU is, like, light, you know? <laughs> like, I don't really know how dark we're really going to get, you know, as far as continuing on. So... They, I feel like Loki, they kind of want him to fill that sort of, I need him to be more evil, sort of, mis, like not mischievous, but like malicious and like cunning. And, and you know, the fandom, the MCU fandom at least, is just like, uh, no, he's a muffin. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> well, not only that, it's, a, it's, it's that misconception of understanding who this Loki is. Because right. he's not that same Loki. He's not the Loki who lived through Thor Dark World, through Thor Ragnarok, through, right. well, not didn't live through Infinity War, but um, uh, unless you're classic <laughs> he, Loki. But he's not that person. And he's also presented with all of those things happening to him at a point where he is probably extremely vulnerable being taken out of a normal world life, you know, maybe expectation of how things were going to go and being presented this new uh, world of wonders and stuff. And this is truly a journey for Loki to find out who he really is outside of being the god of mischief. Because and and what scene I think really, really uh, exemplifies this is the fight between him and Sylvie. Because this is where our, as much as we like Sylvie throughout the the show, this is her villain turn. You know, this is her so consumed by what Loki pre-Avengers would have been consumed by. Wanting the throne, wanting to rule, wanting to, well, not that she wants to rule, but just going through that, that thirst of, I've got to end this. This is my goal. Nothing will be good until this is done. Well, and I Loki, feel like this is her Loki Avengers. Yes. Yeah. Like we talked about a little bit in our Thor review with that end scene of, we yeah. feel like there was a little bit of time and Loki doesn't look that great. Like maybe something's going on with him, you know, that all that pain and anger and everything that she's feeling is how he was feeling right there during Avengers. Yes. So right at that, that point when Hulk's no stairs and, and they take Loki right out of there, 
that is like his lowest point. Yeah. I feel like pretty much emotionally. I mean, he may not look like it, like obviously, but he's, he's gone through all of this. He's just got his butt handed to him. He's back at another kind of reset point of like, I went through all of this. I lost um, Asgard. I was about to say Thor, but he didn't lose Thor, <laughs> but he lost, you know, Asgard and that throne dropped down to earth or whatever the heck happened to him. Avengers gets his butt handed to him again. And like we said, we don't know the whole space of time that, that right. took place, but there was a significant amount of time. So now you're back at that spot. And like you said, he doesn't go forward and like, stew in his anger and bitterness like in Thor um, Dark World like he doesn't sit there stewing and getting more angry and bitter and and you know like he doesn't go through all of that because like you said he just watches it happen in the time theater because they plucked him right there right. so I feel like plucking him right there gave him the opportunity of you know like um, he who remains feels like a fresh start you know yeah, right. <laughs> because you've got this whole you know, who can he be? He can go down any path he wants to, literally at this point. He can be completely good guy Loki. He could go totally evil. He could turn into that big, weird buff Loki. Like, who knows? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, but but this was really a good crossroads point for him, especially in that fight scene when he's saying, I've been where you are. Because yeah. he's recognizing exactly how she's feeling, because that's exactly how he was feeling when he got pulled out and pulled into all of this. And so it really is like she's Loki Avengers sort of story point. And he's kind of gone through however long this has taken in the TVA. We don't know how long he's been there months. We don't know. He doesn't know either. Right. And he's had all that time to like learn and grow and develop and also see the mistakes he made in the time theater. So he's, he, he doesn't have to be like you said, the Loki of not in game or well, infinity war or whatever he is. That's not who he is, but he's also not the comic book Loki that you fell in love with. He's not the cartoon version of Loki that you fell in love with. He's not the Norse mythology version of Loki that you might like or actually worship. I don't really know, you know, but like this MCU character is not any of those things, you know, so you have to take him for what he is. Yeah, you have to take him for what he is. And uh, and yeah, and that's that's you, you hit on a really strong point there where he he knows he knows that she will regret this, that this yeah. will not work out. And, and, and that's her failure in, cause there's even that moment where, you know, it's the whole point of trusting and mm-hmm. she says, can I trust you? And even though he is doing everything to protect her and to stop her from doing what he knows will be the worst thing that she will regret. She can't trust anyone. Yeah. It's and like she can't, she can't do it. She emotionally can't do it at that point, you know? Right. It just kind of reminds me, uh, completely random, but yeah. of the scene from The Expanse when um, Naomi's talking to Prax and, you know, she's telling him, you know, you don't want to do anything you'll regret because he's looking for his daughter. And he's like, but would you have listened to anybody telling you the things that you're telling me when she lost her son? She was like, no, I wouldn't have been able to hear it either. So it's like they're just at that point, like right. we're not able to hear it, to, to accept it and move on. Right. So, uh, you know. Uh, that uh, the criticism I've seen is it's been bad writing and it's been bad pacing. And I, I, I don't see it. I've seen people call it a garbage show. It's trash. They're happy that the director is not returning for season two, uh, because then maybe it'll get fixed. Um, which there to me, there's nothing they need to fix. No, Uh, there's nothing with this. This was probably top tier, 
Marvel. I don't even know. Like it's yeah, just Marvel content, best. you know, yeah. it, it really blows WandaVision out of the water. It certainly decimates Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, heck yeah. And maybe a lot of that is due to Tom and Owen and their chemistry together and how they, they could get you just to enjoy the show. And even if there is political messaging or identity politics that are in there, they're doing enough with the material for you to not even know it's really happening. Cause like it, it felt like it might've gone that way because of when they, again, when they did the film Loki reveal before we knew who Sylvie was and everything, I was like, okay, this doesn't feel good. This could go a Falcon and winter soldier route where it's just, you're pushing this, you're pushing this, you're pushing this. Yeah. So going the marketing outside of yeah, the show. That, like, yes. Like it, the show itself it. was fine. But it's whoever's whoever's in charge of doing like, you know, the social media posts or the outreach or whatever, or even like whatever the actors are posting, like that sort of stuff can then sour it for the audience before they even get a chance to see what you're doing. Exactly. So sometimes, excuse me, sometimes I feel like maybe they need a little more of like a strong arm, real short leash on whoever posts things, you know, even on the actors themselves about being able to talk about you know, the show and, and their feelings on it or whatever, because you can, you can ruin it so easily. Right. It's kind of like what happened again. It's, a, but we just keep hitting that example <laughs> with Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. Like she made herself so unlikable. Like even it before hurt. the movie it, came out, it, it hurt. hurt it. it hurt bad. Yeah, it, it really did. And um, yeah, th it's just like, I, there was that point where I was worried that's, that was the route it was going to go. But then they were doing things that made me forget it. They were doing things that when I discovered who Sylvie was, and again, it goes into that hole because she says, I'm not a Loki. I'm not a Loki. I'm not a Loki. Uh, you know, like that, then I'm like, okay. And, it, and this is maybe where their marketing or their social media stuff was working was where they were going, she's not exactly who you think she is. Mm -hmm. And so even though they haven't come out and said she is enchantress, uh, yeah, that's why I was telling you know you kept saying it and uh, she enchanted this and enchant that and I'm like you're, you're saying the magic word. Uh, well, I was thinking it, but I didn't know. You know? Right, right, and uh, and it was just like I said, it, I happened to just Google search it and that's how I found it. But um, and again, we can still be wrong with that speculation. They could be saying it's you know whoever gobbledygook, but uh, they did enough with it and they did, they made her a distinct enough character. She even if she is a Loki variant, she's not just another knockoff of Tom. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's another distinct version like classic and boastful and kid and and definitely crocodile. Um, <laughs> but it. it I, I see those criticisms lobbed at it and I'm just sitting there going, I don't see it. If I did, I would be saying, yes, absolutely. I agree with you. I never felt the pacing was off. I was never bored on an episode. Uh, I wanted to always know what was coming next. And I, I was always I just, disappointed when it ended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, the, my biggest, my biggest disappointment from this specific episode was that the only credits thing we got was that Loki will return for a season two. And as excited as yeah. I am for that, I wanted one more scene, one more yeah. tease at some point. I told you what scene that I would have, I would have yeah. you know, enjoyed <laughs> is even at like the very, very end of the credits, 
Like if they just had like a, I don't know, 30 seconds of like Benedict Cumberbatch panic breathing into a brown paper bag, <laughs> like dressed as Doctor Strange or something right. like that would have been all. And I would have like, that's hilarious. And I would have loved it, you know, like, we'll see. And so because um, I know people are going to ask or people have asked like, OK, because you bring up Doctor Strange and this is a really good thing to bring up. Did Doc Strange ever see any of this happening? And here's my my counter argument to that is no, because if he who remains is controlling the timeline, he is going to make sure that Doctor Strange can only see the the failure timelines and then the one timeline that's going to get them past Endgame, which is right. why when they bring Loki and Loki's like, oh, because I that was another complaint I saw was, well, you know, wouldn't they have shown up and arrested Tony Stark and all the Avengers for doing that? They answered that question in episode one. Right. It was the approved thing for them for to do. That, it had yeah, to, to happen. happen. And, um, you know, so it was uh, it was just one of these things where it's like if you're not paying attention closely to the show, then, OK, maybe I can see that criticism being loud. But then you're not paying attention to the show, but then you're providing criticism of it. And that's right. that's disingenuous uh at, at the least and uh disrespectful at the most but um let's let's talk about he who remains yeah let's talk about jonathan majors um i was i was really surprised when it opened up because i, I was like oh, is that is that him is that jonathan you know and because my mind yeah. was doing that and i'm like it is it is him but then <laughs> like seeing like what first of all he was fabulous Yes, he was, he was fantastic perfect. in the scene. It was I am amazing not amazing um, acting. I have not finished it. I'm not really a huge fan of it, even though I have the book of Lovecraft Country, um, and and it's not anything to do with him because he was the thing about the show that I was enjoying. So it was great to now see him kind of go from this dark, serious character from that show to kind of this uh, what Yoda. Basically Yoda, you know, from Empire Strike Back, where he's this kind of crazy, even though he doesn't look it, old, yeah. well, he old kind guy. Of, he kind of epitomizes, I don't know who said this quote, maybe it was Hepburn, I don't really remember, but that, like, I want to look otherworldly and vaguely threatening. Like, yeah. he was, like, otherworldly and vaguely threatening, like his character. Not that yes. he looks that way, but you know what I mean? Like, he embodied that. He was so good, and I like... I told you after I watched it, I love what they did there with his yes. with he who remains. I loved it. So so let's let's uh again, this is a big spoiler for for anyone who's not kind of in the know. But yeah, let's say this, who this he's just a spoiler for the show. No, this you. is a spoiler moving for, for yeah, for phase four. Uh let's say who he's not. Okay. He is <laughs> not, not Kang. Kang. <laughs> um, which was like as soon as I saw him show up first, I'm like Wait, are they really spoiling Kang for us? Like, this isn't cool. But then, as he was continuing on, and also the distinct, you know, non-blue face version, uh, <laughs> knowing that he looks normal, and knowing about the different variations of, of Kang throughout his timeline, mm -hmm. I came to the realization he is Immortus. Yeah. And Immortus, uh, to those who aren't, familiar with the comic book um, history with him is the future version of Kang who is actually good. Um, and so they're going to probably approach this a little bit differently than what I thought. And I'm actually okay with this because they've mm -hmm. established it within this show. 
that it's not so much that it's going to be a, a an earlier timeline version of him, but a variant. Yeah. And, and I, that, I love it. <laughs> I, I love that whole explanation. And that, again, that's what people were complaining about. Oh, you just why would you go to war with the multiverses? Well, if you're an egotistical madman. Right. We're going to assume it's just like, um, you know, we assume that our uh, our opinions are the best opinion. Right. And then you right. come up with someone else who has differing opinions and you typically tend to clash. Yeah. You judge others based on all their actions or whatnot, but you judge yourself based on your intent. Right. And so now now take that and, and stretch it out a little bit differently. Now you're running into 50 different versions of yourself and you each all have different opinions and you each all think you are the correct one. Yeah. And the one what he said, one of them was a conqueror. So yes. think about it. You've already conquered your world and yes. then maybe your entire universe, because he said when he was going through the explanation, he said that he discovered the scientists other universes stacked on top of his own, and one of them was a conqueror. So Kang the Con- I don't know if that's Kang the yeah, Conqueror, it's or, Kang just, the conqueror. or just whatever, but when you're in that mindset, like you said, you're always right. You're a conqueror. Like you're, you, I'm going to go out and I'm going to rule the freaking world. What do you do? Will you rule your world? Where do you look to next? Other worlds. Yep. You know, basically like a Thanos. You go through the entire freaking universe. You own this universe. Suddenly you discover... I can walk through this magical doorway and there's a whole nother universe and I don't own it. I need to own that. So I'm going to go own it. You know, like it, it doesn't have to make sense to you. I mean, does the mind of every serial killer make sense to you? Like, well, let's, let's also look at it in this light too. What if, because again, given within the history of the comic books and how, how King and Immortus's timeline runs around, what if he was the conqueror? <laughs> because he is the one who ends yes. the other multiverses and and sets forth his vision for the timeline. Right. And at this point, even though he's a little bit wacky, he's been benevolent. And he but he's grown tired. And this Ooh. is where the core kind of argument between Loki and Sylvie happens cuz he gives he presents them with basically the double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, it's either you kill me and you set free everyone and then a worse version of me comes eventually yeah or you take over and you keep an t- eye on the timeline and you then now control everyone so yep. it's either complete chaos <laughs> or complete control yeah and uh and that, that again that kind of goes into that what you were saying about the Avengers Loki, because his whole argument in Avengers is he wants to free people from freedom, from having a choice. He wants yeah. to, you know, that they will be more comfortable under a dictator making the choices for them. Well, exactly. Like he said in the character study, it's a yeah. desperate, um, what's the plea for control? Yeah. You know, because you're, you're afraid and you need to control everything. Right. And um, but then what I also love about this, because when again, when seeing him on screen uh, show up in the elevator and everything, I'm like, wait a minute. What happened to the whole Ant-Man wasp? Quantumania was going to be the first appearance of Kang. And then as it was going on and coming to that realization, it's not Kang. Yeah, it's a clever way to bring him in. While sticking oh, true. Oh, it's so good. It's yes. so good. 
Because I honestly, I didn't have any initial reaction because I was like doing the oh my god, it's Jonathan Majors, and like just, <laughs> you know, like watching him and enjoying you know what was happening. So I pretty much like once once he had like presented the whole thing and they did the fight scene and then she went ahead and stabbed him. That's when I was really like back into like let me think about this, you know, as far as what's gonna happen. And that's when I was like, okay, but I love, I love, 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 love. I can't say the word love big enough, <laughs> bolded, underlined, neon letters. I love how they did that. It was that to me is really smart. That's not well, crappy or poor writing. That's really smart, clever then, writing. Then you have that ominous line. And you may not think of it ominous, but when oh, you think about it, it really soon. is. I'll see you soon. Oh you know, my God. That was just, so good. Yes. It was the perfect line to send him out on. And he yes. delivered it so well that it's just it I, again, this is where when I when when we see those criticisms, like you were just saying, the writing is horrible, the writing's bad. This took the show went in such a different direction than what I thought it was going to be because when you typically when you say, hey, we're going to do a show about time travel and da 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 da, you're gonna go, okay, we're gonna go, yeah, you're gonna go on wacky adventures throughout the timeline and uh, yeah. We're going to see this. And yes, we we got some adventures on different points within the timeline. Mm -hmm. But this was never necessarily even about that. It was right. something so far off that we just didn't expect it. Hell, I didn't even know or expect that they were even going to set up Kang with this yeah, show. We thought they were just teasing us. Yes. And they did far more than that. And oh, they, yes. They've made the anticipation for 2022 or 2023, whenever that movie whenever comes out. Whenever that movie comes out, I need it now. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is my this is what goes into my complaint, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but I've seen Black Widow, where it was like, yeah, this this movie it could be amazing, it could be great or anything, but I I don't need it really. You know, yeah. you've you've it it just it doesn't add anything to whatever's going on. And now when you think about it, when we get uh, Shang-Chi, when we get Eternals, when we get Spider-Man, like what are those post-credit scenes going to be? Oh yeah. You know, it, it's like, yeah, there's a post-credit scenes for Black Widow and it may or may not be involved with another show or not, or, or I, I, everyone thinks it is. I didn't take it that way, but it could be, but it, it, it just didn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, whereas, like, I'm excited for what Shang-Chi's make credits can be. And they could be, you know, just for things that are going to set up Shang-Chi 2 or 3 uh, and not really have anything to do with this big looming thing. But I'm excited for it because yeah. I know that that's taking place after, whereas Black Widow's taking place within Phase, uh, phase 3, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Then obviously we have Sylvie send him back. Loki, yes. Yes, uh, Loki back. And uh, after what I also kind of was like one of those moments where like when they kissed, I actually was like cheering a little bit. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it was, it's something that they've done so well where it's like they just didn't immediately fall in love and like right. get, get down with it. You know, it was yeah. like, it was this moment where. She, yes, she has feelings for him, but those feelings weren't going to stop her from achieving her end game. Right. And um, and again, that kind of line, well, I'm not you. And uh, but when he goes back and he comes to B-15 and Mobius, uh, he's not in the normal <laughs> TVA. Well, my question is, 
it's thinking about I'm probably overthinking it too much, but could she have sent him to a different reality before she had already stabbed Kang or Immortus, sorry? Or was this she sent him back and then when she stabbed Immortus at some like if he had immediately gone to Mobius and B fifteen, would they be the ones that knew him, you know, before she stabbed? Like I don't you know, the sequence of time of how how long did he sit there before he went well, running for them? Wasn't it already stabbed. starting to break before she stabs him? Because there's the point yes. where he, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the so, timeline was already branching. So I think since it was already branching and those timelines were already happening, it just so happened that he ended up in the wrong one. Or in the main one, we just don't know yet. Because oh, it might have just already changed. Yes. Because we, we saw the statue. <laughs> right. And and his death was what solidified it. You know, yeah. like maybe yeah. maybe there could have been that moment in between while he's sitting there that if she decided not to kill uh, Immortus, it would have been fine because then the, everything would have come back to, to normal. But uh, yeah, seeing the statue and no, that is not a statue of Immortus. That is yeah. a statue of Kang. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally Kang. <laughs> now, it's not going to be how, how Kang, as we'll probably see him in, in Ant-Man and Wasp, but that yeah. that will be Kang. Uh, but that was such, like, I wasn't even expecting that. You know, like, it was, yeah. you know, I, when he's going, because even when he when he starts that conversation, he goes, okay, you're an analyst. And it's like, okay, he's just trying to calm Loki down, get him back to normal. But then he's like, who are you? I'm like, yeah. Wait, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you see the statue and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it... good. Good. Oh, I was just going to say in, in its entirety, I feel like this six hour movie is it pretty much six, is. It's pretty much like a Loki good guy origin story. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm here for it and I love it. And, you yes. know, the critics, like we said before, when we were kind of talking before we started recording, when you get to a point when you're shock jock criticizing like that, to me, it just kind of feels like you could do that with anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it can play. It's kind of like like uh, if you watch like Cinema Sins or whatever, yeah. and they like have the counter. Some of the stuff is like, really? Like, because sometimes it's just dumb and you can you can break down literally any movie genre, you know, like. Pick whatever you want. Children's Raiders of the Ra Raiders of the Lost Ark would never happen if Indiana Jones never went on the mission. Yeah, like because the same, the whole same thing would have just played out. So sorry if I ruined Raiders of the Lost Ark for people <laughs> because they still would have gotten the Ark, they still would have opened it, they all would have melted and died, and and then the Ark would be on an empty island. Like, right? Like it, it, there's there's dumb. It's it gets to the point where it's like this is dumb and it's just being critical just because you want to be critical and cynical and yeah. not enjoy something, you know, like it just kind of gets to that point where you, and, and this kind of, I feel like has really, really happened. And I don't know if it's because like of the pandemic or the political climate and like where people just in general, you could be talking about like, I like apples and, but you're an orange fan. And then that means I hate you because you like, like we've gotten so, like polarized polarized and entrenched in our opinions that if I don't agree with you on something, it automatically means I'm against you and I hate you and I'm an evil person. And I'm not talking about even things like stuff that makes the news. I am talking about stupid little crap like oh, apples yeah. versus, versus oranges. Like it's just it's gotten so bad that you can't just have a conversation with somebody and you can't like disagree on it and move on with your life, you know, and and just kind of go on and and 
like you have to all be homogenous or something. Like I don't I don't know. It's gotten so ridiculous that and, and, like, you know, I, I curate my feed, you know, at any point in time. You know, I curate my Facebook feed, my Pinterest, like whatever. Because I just can't take it anymore. I just can't take all of this negativity, constant negativity. Well, that's why uh, if anyone that follows us on Twitter and they wonder why we don't post a whole lot on Twitter, it's it's <laughs> yes, pretty much why. for that reason. It's like we're, we're using it pretty much for show updates. And, uh, you know, I've said this in the past, like I will defend the Michael Bay Transformers movies, even though objectively like they're not great movies. But they're popcorn movies that I can turn my brain off and and watch these big giant robots fight each other. Yeah, the human stories aren't great or anything about that. But we're talking about robots that turn into cars. Like I'm not <laughs> expecting Citizen Kane from right. from it, you know. And so when when you come out there and you go, well, it, it's like the Fast and Furious movies as well. You know, if um, you you can be a critical of them, but at the end of the day, their point is to show really crazy stunts, whether they can actually live through them or not, and just have crazy hijinks. Like that's right. that's the intent of those films. And that's where I don't want these comic book movies or or really mainline entertainment of fantasy or in fiction to get really bogged down by we need to have political messaging, we need to we need to teach our audience something because that's the whole point of these things is to escape. And Loki did a really good job for me as being an escape of mm -hmm. the craziness that's going out in the world uh, and just having an hour to watch a show that I'm thoroughly enjoying and and having fun with it. If Even if it was just the charisma of Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. Right. And I love because I sent it to you. I love having set, uh, seen the thing from Tom saying he never sees himself not playing Loki. Yeah. I'm like he wants it. to can do it. He wants to do it <laughs> until he turns into Richard Grant <laughs> in the future. Um, you know, I, I want him to be like uh, Christopher Lee, like 90 years yes. old being walked onto the Lord of the Rings set. Like I'm here for, if I have to be the person who like, I don't know how old I would be. How, how much older he is than me? I don't know. Anyway, years, probably. Yeah. A couple years. Well, I feel I like mean, he's, he's a little bit older than me than that. Isn't he like? How old do you like, think I am? I know you're a year older than me. Okay, <laughs> I know you're not that much older than me. I'm calling myself old here. I just had a birthday. Come on now. Um, but whatever. It's at least like it is nice. Talk while I, gotta, I look it up. I gotta be his like PLP personal leaning post to like walk him out onto the stage or whatever. Like I'm here for it, Tom. Okay. I want to see him be Loki forever. He's seven years older than me, so he's okay. six years older than you. Well, that's more than two. <laughs> Not that far off. Just a few years. You know. You'd still marry him in a heartbeat. Heck yeah, I was. <laughs> he showed up tomorrow and be like, yes, take me away from my water-filled house. <laughs> yes, uh, Leslie Leslie is uh, recording from a, uh, a little uh, floaty pad from the swim pool, uh, you know. Well, yeah. like, what what day was, was it? Tuesday was the day. I don't because I, I don't even remember. I don't remember. There, but with we, work being the way it is, it's it's had, all merging together. Yeah. So just yeah, that's how we're recording, and I might be a little slap happy. <laughs> like Patrick said, we're in our busy season at work. We're like all overwhelmed and like stressed out, 
and 60 I'm, hours in myself from work this yeah, week. Yeah, pretty so. much. I, well, I'm sitting and working away, and it's raining outside, and I'm just like, oh, you know, it's a thunderstorm. I'm raining. I'm in the zone, and suddenly it's like squish, squish, <laughs> squish. And I look down, and you know how something when you're so shocked about something, it doesn't really register at first. Yeah. And I'm looking at the floor and I'm like, what, what? (laughs) And then I realize I'm sitting there in like an inch and a half of water in my house. And it's pretty much my whole house. I mean, not the, the entirety, but from the outside wall into about a good three fourths of the way into my home flooded in water because we got three and a half to four inches of, of rain in under 30 minutes. Now, let me ask you, did you happen to look down in shock and see Crocodile Loki there? I mean, that would have made it better. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been eating your foot off. I, but. <laughs> my, my initial thought once it registered that I'm sitting in water was like, oh, crap, because I've got to, you know, i got to get all my computer stuff, off, yep. the search protector and stuff off the floor, because I was literally looking at it and thinking, oh, my God, like, how did I not get electrocuted? Because that's they're literally on the floor. You know, and they're like, what, maybe an inch big or whatever. I mean, it was almost like going into the top of the surge projector. I was like, holy crap, freaking out. So, yeah, this whole this whole week has been, you know, having guys out in my house, pretty much taking my house apart, taking the baseboards off, you know, to clean up so we don't get mold. I had uh, nine industrial fans and three industrial dehumidifiers going (laughs) for pretty much the entirety of the week. Eventually, uh, was it yesterday? I guess they came. They put my house back together. <laughs> you tried to move my big furniture like back where it was, and so I'm kind of yeah. I'm recording here in a little spot that I made in between all the crap that needs to go back on the bookshelves and. Don't, it, don't lie to the uh, uh, don't lie to the audience. You're sipping back on a mojito right now. <laughs> oh my god! I wish I was. <laughs> yeah. So if Tom is free and wants to take me away from all of you, I will go with you in a heartbeat. Well, I, you know, I can confirm whether or not he is married. Let me let me just uh, pull up that handy dandy IMDb. I don't think he is. I think there's been a whole bunch of different. Hey, hey, you you uh you might be in luck. He is not married. I don't know if he's dating anyone, but um, <laughs> but after our little a little sidetrack there, uh, yeah, it this yeah this a little show, crazy this week. Well, we all we all are. Let's 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 be fair here. <laughs> the, this was the highlight this of was, my week. The highlight, well, the highlight of your week, I think the highlight of the last six weeks was having this show and having this show, like, again, our complaint going back to Falcon and Winter Soldier was it now it didn't feel really connected. It didn't feel like it was yeah. moving the story or moving the cinematic universe forward. This, hit the this, this, yes, it, I mean, it kicked it into gear and now we're going from zero to 60 and it has me so excited for what's coming next. Um you know, it it technically now canonizes the other studio films like the X Men franchise. Uh, yes, you know it, it. It just I know Feige's got big plans for for Phase Four, and that's where again, like you go, we go back to those shock jocks, and I, I honestly don't I don't want to say they believe all of what they say because I I don't know how you can watch a show like Loki 
and come off and just say it, it, it's disrespectful. It's uh, it ruins the MCU uh, that they that they do a disservice to the character of Loki. Uh, that they're pushing personal politics in this. That they're it's just this, and that it's it's the MCU as they like to call it because they're pushing more strong female characters and stuff like that. I don't know how you are actually really. I can't believe you're viewing it all in that light because. Yeah. It my one of my things was especially with Captain Marvel was if this is the quality of MCU stuff we're going to get in the future, I'm going to be out because yeah. it wasn't that great. Now, just like with any long-running franchise, just like with any long-running book series, there's going to be hits and misses. And I think Captain Marvel was a miss. Uh I think Falcon and Winter Soldier was a miss. But mm-hmm. so far about everything else we've gotten post Spider-Man um uh, far from home has been fairly solid. Uh, yeah. WandaVision has filled in some, some holes within the MCU has set up potential mutants in, in, in the MCU. This, you know, has now reintroduced the multiverse. It's, we definitely know this is what's going to cause doc strange to just go nuts. In his film. <laughs> um, and this is probably cause I know Scott Derrickson has been uh, a little more vocal about, uh, I don't know exactly what he said, but I've read kind of the headlines about why he left working on Doctor Strange 2 was because they him himself and the studio wanted to make two different movies. And I think he wanted to go more because he's a he's a horror director. That's kind of his origin. And and it makes sense for doing the first Doctor Strange. A horror director kind of works within what they set up in that first film. But knowing how Feige plans things out. And I won't say he's a complete genius, but he's pretty smart. And I think because I know it was about up to 2022 was what the the plan had been. So now we're kind of reaching the end of that plan and whether or not he can do to 20, uh, you know, 2032 yeah. is going to be kind of up in the air about whether it's going to be as strong and as consistent as we got uh, this past 10 years. Um, but so far it feels like it's, it's going to be fine. And, and I can understand that Marvel would want to make something more knowing that they were going to do this with Loki and, and with WandaVision that they wanted to go more this route of, of Dr. Strange dealing with the multiverse. And, um, you know, there's rumors. We don't know if this is true or not, but Loki is possibly going to be in Dr. Strange too. Now making an appearance, not necessarily going to be a big um, character within the film, but, we might, heck, maybe we'll see Buff Loki or something like that. You know, <laughs> we might see one of the other variants. Um, I've seen kind of uh, some speculation that maybe classic Loki's not even dead um, because yeah. of that whole line about how he was so convincing that Thanos thought he was dead that maybe we could see more adventures with classic Loki. Um, I know Richard Grant has kind of uh, given an idea to, to Marvel and be like basically him and crocodile Loki going around or something like that. But, um, yeah, it, it's, the theme it's of what I want is, um, agent. What's the name? Agent Wu. Oh yeah. Agent Wu. I, I want him and Cad Dennings and Crocky. Yeah. Crokey, that would be, that would be kind of see. funny. That's and the team that, if I want. that was one thing we didn't talk about. Um, because I, I told you about this earlier this week and uh, it would have been great. And I hope if we can get a 10 hour cut of Zemo dancing at a club, <laughs> I hope we can get this uh, released because Chris Hemsworth actually recorded dialogue for Throg 
That and would be awesome. That'd if be we so could fun. see what that, because I know it wasn't supposed to be like a big scene or a super long scene, but if we could see what that scene was meant to be, or if they could do it as a deleted scene or just an extra somewhere, mm-hmm. I would be down for it. Even if it's like 40 seconds long, I yeah. don't care. It would be hilarious to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, ultimately, this show did what I needed it to do. And I never once felt it was being disrespectful. It it could have, I will say again, that reveal of Sylvie in episode two and not knowing where this grander mystery was going to go. uh, It felt like it could have gone really bad. And yet they proved me wrong. And that was the one thing we always kept saying again about Falcon and Winter Soldier was, okay, maybe we're just not seeing it and we're going to be wrong within episode four, five and six. But nothing within those last three episodes of that show did anything to kind of assuage our fears. Whereas I was having those fears in episode two, but episode three, which, again, is like the lowest rated out of all six episodes. And I don't understand it. Yeah. um, I was like, oh, okay, I get what you're trying to do now. I understand who this character is. I'm really excited to see where this goes. And I again, I go back to the writing being very strong and the writing taking on the character of Loki again, misdirection deception, which is actually what he who remains has been doing the entire time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he's made sure that Sylvie could escape, uh, making sure that Loki was able to escape with the Tesseract so that it culminates in that one moment there within Chronopolis to give them the choice Mm -hmm. about what was going to happen to the timeline. I'm interested to know when Immortus was like going through all the different scenarios, like what happened when Captain America took his place? What happened when, you yeah. know, like when, when he presented it, cause he said, you know, he's thought it through, which I mean, maybe he was fibbing about that part. I don't really know. I kind of believe him that he did. Oh yeah. Like of all, all the different characters, all the different people, like random Joe Schmo off the street when he was like, now you can be in charge, you know, like, like what, what really happened. And of course I still think you have to think about the people would actually have the skills and the desire, you know, necessary to be able to get to that point to get to him in the first place is yeah. probably not that huge a pool of people. And it's probably, you know, of the powered people, you know, would be the ones to get there. So when he presents it to each one, like what did Hawkeye say? What did Vision say? You know, what would Wanda have done? Like that it came down to that it needed to be Sylvie and Loki. You well, know? see, again, like what what it comes, I think what it comes down to is, Knowing what I, I think how he views it is that they're kind of the this uh, different sides of the same coin, right? Mm-hmm. That Loki wanted to rule. And what better way to rule but then to rule absolutely, you know, basically yeah. controlling the fate of everyone else. But Sylvie, knowing that how that can go wrong, being the counterbalance so that they rule equally together and doing what benefits everyone rather than just being some maniacal crazy person, <laughs> but not understanding by the events that he set forth with Sylvie's pruning, uh, that, um, or failure to prune that that would set her on such a war path. Cause again, he only knew what would happen up to that point. That point Cause yeah. like, and that again, this goes to how well he played that character because you believe kind of the utter fear when he doesn't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's both exciting. Excited. Yeah. It's well, it's both exciting and terrifying at the yeah. same time. 
Yeah. And so probably the most emotion he's felt in a long time, because when you know what, what all's going to happen and what all the cards everybody's holding are, you know, yes. there's really no surprises. Right. And so it's, so he would only know based off of the path he would set them on, it would at least get them there, but he would never know the choice they would make. Mm -hmm. So that's where he's probably hoping it was a hope of they will take over and they will provide a good counterbalance to each other. And uh, I can go on my merry way and do whatever I want. But ultimately, again, and it also goes to that question of free will, because ultimately, because that's what the fight is for, he gives mm -hmm. them the free will choice and Sylvie either squanders it or accurately does what needs to be done. Yeah. So uh, I, I just loved it. I, yeah. I, I know we're like praising it like crazy, <laughs> but it really just, yeah, there's those minor moments that, that you could be overly critical on. And like you said, tear apart as much as you want to and shred it to pieces and complain, 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 complain. But uh, it's again, that's the point of this podcast to point out some flaws, but I I did not find a whole lot of flaws in this show. Yeah. The only thing that I would say that I would have wanted a little more of was when Mobius confronts Ravana. I just wanted him to be a little more competent. Yeah. Because I do feel like she kind of took the stick from him a little too easily. If they had had like a five second longer of a fight, yeah. I would have liked that. I'm not talking like they take up a whole two minutes, just like literally just maybe a, like a more of a scuffle than she just immediately takes it from him and puts him on the ground. But I also, I, I, I do, I do see what you're saying there. And I, I do agree to an extent, but I also think that he truly valued the friendship yeah. and, and that it was, there was no way he was ever going to actually use force on her. So that might be, that might lead into why yeah. it was so easy. Like I, I'm, I'm defending it without it actually being that way, without it being yeah. explicit. But uh, that's that's maybe how I read the scene. My disappointment is just not knowing what happens with her throughout the rest of the episode. You know, that yeah. that except for the fact that we have a season two coming, mm -hmm. it, it alleviates that a little bit. But I that's where you could dumb me in with the teaser of she shows up and then she sees the silhouette of Kang. Like, we don't see him full on. We don't even see the face. We just see a shadow of an outline or something, you know, yeah. just to, to get that relationship started, because this is going to have to happen where he ends up manipulating her so that she doesn't turn on him. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think it's probably very clear, I guess, what our score is <laughs> going to be for the episode. Um, but do you want to go ahead and. 20 out of 20, or, you know, or five out of five, five out of five, hundred out of a hundred. Um, <laughs> what would you say for the season as a whole? I'd give it a five out of five. This was, this was the best one. This is the best show. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go with a four and a half. Um, mm -hmm. I could easily go five. Just, just to be clear, I could easily go five, but I'm going to leave this wiggle room. If they don't address the things that, since they have a season two, they have the potential to address. And if they mm -hmm. squander that, then yeah. it's it's a continuing of that that just not inability to give those answer those answers to those questions. Right. Um, right. So I'm going to give it a little bit of that wiggle room. Um, but I, I again, it is the best. Uh, I think even with what if, in which that's truly what you know that's what comes next, and that essentially spawns pretty From much this. because of this. Yeah. Um, what if I think will be good, but I don't think it will top this. 
yeah. especially when you know I, I liked the trailer, but knowing that certain characters didn't voice themselves, um, <laughs> looking at uh, at Stark, because um, it's the one that really stuck out to me the most, that might hurt it a little bit for me. Uh, oh, only just for breaking kfab and breaking the the reality of it because you've got uh you know rest of soul chadwick boseman still doing mm-hmm. t'challa you got chris hemsworth doing thor uh i don't think you have chris evans doing cap um uh, i think Haley atwood did peggy. Ha- Haley, yeah she she does peggy um i don't know if uh dominic cooper will do uh howard stark in that but he might um but yeah, you know, the you got only, Michael Rooker doing Yondu, so the only thing from the trailer is that I'm gonna need to actually like sit and watch an episode, which of course when it comes out I will. Yeah. But for the for the animation style, because I'm not quite sure if I like it or not. I know what you mean. Um it's it's it, it it's like fifty fifty. Like some of it looks really good and then yeah. for other parts it looks just okay. It looks weird. Like yeah. uh specifically uh, Stark getting saved by a Killmonger was the one that really kind of stuck out to me as like, it's kind of bland. Um, there, there's this thing in, in animation that's going on right now. Uh, cause it's happening with the DC animated movies and I'm, it's okay, but I'm not a huge fan of it where they're just, they're, they're starting to not do a whole lot of details in the faces and they're just letting it be hard to find lines for the outline of the face, the mouth, the eyes and the nose without adding any kind of texture anything else the rest of the face and uh i understand that it's probably easier to animate but it doesn't look as good as some of the other stuff you'll see yeah you know what's interesting right now is that some of the youtubers that i do follow have been reacting to older excuse me older animated movies and seeing the the old animation style and how good some of it looked, like old Disney animation. I mean, yeah, you can tell that some of it's old, but some of it like looks so good. Mm-hmm. And then kind of coming into seeing what the new animation style is with these different 3D things and, and whatnot and feeling like this is crap compared to, <laughs> <laughs> to the animation that was so good. So some of it, like... Like um, into the Spider Verse, like that yeah. was amazing. That was so so good. Yes. But then I see some animation styles, like I couldn't get over, I couldn't like get through the um, is it Star Wars? Um, it's not Rebels. It was, what is oh, it? Oh, uh, Resistance. That like yeah, the it, animation style, I couldn't get with. That was it, a big like, hurdle for it. I, I managed to finish se- season one, uh, and it grew on me. But um, it's kind of like how when it went from Clone Wars to Rebels. Yeah. Like it was kind of like a downgrade, even though it grew on me. Like it was because the the animation style for Clone Wars was so good, detailed, yeah. uh, kind of very anime esque. And then they went to a kind of because because really, when you get the resistance, that's the real kiddified version. But yeah. you kind of, you know, kid friendly it a little bit more for Rebels. Um, well, Rebels, I was able to accept a little more because it was like um, Macquarie based. Yeah artwork like it kind of based off of that style i just couldn't accept ezra's nose no the well the thing that bothered <laughs> me the most was the skinniness of their lightsabers but yes that was but but the the style funny. the fact that it's a stylized and i kind of knew that going in like that it, it, i got it and i accepted yeah. it but yeah going from like that to resistance was like i can't with this i just can't and resistance just wasn't as strong. And I, I so do, I just, do just intend to finish tr- season two, but just, 
just from the trailer of what if, you know, seeing some of it, like, cause some of it, when it was like pulled back in a faraway shot of like Peggy as Captain Carter, yeah. like, I'm like, Oh, that looks really good. But then they had a piece. Uh, I think it was Thor, but it, it's like right up on his face. And I'm like, this looks so bad. So I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, we'll we will find out because it's <laughs> August 11th, which is probably right. You know, uh, it's, it's going to suck because like August 11th, that starts. And then August 12th, uh, Titans season three starts and it's going to be like, man, I'm going to be bombarded with shows. Uh, and if, to all you haters out of Titans who say Titans season two sucked, go, go do something because I don't know what your, what show you watched, but season two was such an improvement on season one. Uh, and I am so excited for season three and anyone that complains about red hoods mask. I don't know what you're talking about. It's straight from the <laughs> comics. Uh, everything looks great. I'm so excited. Uh, and I, it's going to be a hard time cause it's going to be, what if, you know, on Wednesday and then that on Thursday and it's going to be like, geez, I'm going to be bombarded. But so let's, um, let's see as far as Mar- Marvel goes. Right. Yeah. So we're waiting until we're done with our insane peak season and we'll get you your Avengers reveal. Yep. But as far as Marvel, we have what if coming and mm-hmm. then do do we have anything else before is Eternals comes out in November? We'll have Shang-Chi in September. Oh, so, so that comes in. Okay. I was flipping it. Yeah. So Shang-Chi comes in September and then Eternals comes in November, November. And then, and then Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay, Cause I was December. thinking it was Eternals and then Shang-Chi and then Spider-Man. So yep. it's flip them. Okay. Yep. So yeah, that's what we've got I, as far as Marvel's like working hard and they're giving us good content. So like, again, it's one of the, they've earned my trust. They've yep. earned my trust to, to watch their show. And, and unless, then determine. Uh, unless like Shang-Chi sucks. Eternals is probably going to suck. Eternals is the only one I'm worried about right now. Um, But Spider-Man's going to have me pretty much sold regardless. Um, And then even if Spider-Man for some reason sucks, and even if Shang-Chi sucks and Eternals sucks, I have to see Doctor Strange 2. Oh, yeah. And and I have to see Ant-Man and Wasp 3. Yes. It's like those are the... If you really want to say if there's going to be key movies, it's going to be Spider-Man, Doctor Strange and Ant-Man. Like those are going to be the big heavy hitters with the overarching storyline, I think, with the MCU. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right. Now, for the season as a whole, uh, we already did that Four four point five for me, five for you. Uh, So, yeah, I I'm trying to think. Um, I know, Pat wants to do reviews of uh, the Fear Street films on Netflix. So I think that will be probably our next podcast episode. Leslie probably won't be joining for that because that's horror. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I'm trying to think of schedule of stuff to come because we, we're still doing our MCU franchise review and mm-hmm. Avengers is our next on docket, but we still got two weeks of peak season left. Well, yeah. a week and a Let's day. Let's call it three. Let's <laughs> call it three. Let's call it all year. Um, <laughs> and, and also because our jobs are going to start requiring us back in the office. Thankfully for us, once a week, uh, you know, we're going to have a little adjustment period going back in there. So we might be a little sporadic uh, on podcast episodes, but we'll we'll have stuff for you. Don't worry. Uh, and then also we're still got all that other stuff in the works. I know I keep saying it. YouTube, all that, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, I got to do some 
it's going to take me having to go on vacation and then sitting down and spending an entire day doing research. Yeah, having, having uninterrupted time. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Let us know what you thought of Loki, because, you know, we could be crazy. Maybe we're the only I know we're not, but maybe we're the only two people in the world who really liked Loki. But uh, if you want to let us know what you thought. And so I don't just see keep seeing screener requests in my Gmail. Uh, you can write into the podcast at criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Do you disagree with us? Because I would I would really like to address anyone's actual complaints outside of like these YouTubers that we watch some videos on. Uh, if you're if you're someone who's watched the show and disagree with what we said and listen to the podcast, let us know your thoughts. Uh, we will not you know degrade you. We will not do anything to to upset you. We we would just like to read them, and then if we got anything we would like to add on to it, you know, or we can maybe maybe we'll even agree with you. Who knows? Um, so let us know. And uh, if you're not following the podcast on social media, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Critics NT Cynics. Follow us on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast um, and subscribe to the podcast on pretty much every podcasting service. Uh, we're on uh, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, uh, just about anywhere you can get your podcasts uh, and leave us a rate and review. If you like uh, like listening to our thoughts or even if you don't like listening to our thoughts, <laughs> uh, just tell us tell us if we're doing something wrong. You know, we'll we'll take it into into consideration or we'll just get he who remains and wipe you from the timeline. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, to show up in front of you real quick before it happens. It scared the living daylights out of you, too. All <laughs> right, guys, <laughs> we'll talk to you next time.